It's a wonderful day in the San Diego neighborhood, baby. Me and Burgundy having some virtual coffee. Herbie Hancock, Chargers covering the three and a half. Let's go. Oh, baby. Justin, I'll be here a while, Herbert. Is this guy a top 10 quarterback? If you're drafting a whole team, a whole new franchise, this year moving forward, I think that's not a hot take. This guy's rookie numbers, go look them up. Absolutely astronomical. The story's incredible. You can't say enough about the guy. 30-27, we were on the Chargers plus three and a half, fading the public, also taking the over. The over was lucky. The cover was not. This game should have been over nine times. The Chargers' inability to close games. Bagley, I threw up a clip. I thought I was going to be in a fetal position again. It's it's unbelievable. Anthony Lynn is absolutely not deserving of this team moving forward. And the Spanos family, I can tell you right now, they owe him, what, seven millish next year? He's going nowhere. The Spanos family is notoriously cheap. They don't pay anybody. Go ask someone in real estate if you really want to get throwback with it. I'll get real personal up in here if you want to. But we'll stay positive. They're very, very lucky they have Herbert as Qualcomm Stadium continues to crumble today. But the public loses. Everyone chasing on a Friday, not happy. What did we see out of the Chargers? We saw a team on neutral territory with no field. Of course, no one prepared for Carr to get hurt with a groin injury and Mariota to come in. But Marcus did fantastic. I mean, there's a chance that this game was arguably potentially closer with so many Raider injuries already before going into the game that Marinelli, I I mean, he did what he could defensively, but Herbie still got you 22 of 32 for two tugs. He had a reeling Keenan Allen. He was on a pitch count. Eckler gave you 13 for 60, nothing to write home there. But when you can spread the ball out like a rookie to guys like Guyton, four for 91, Johnson, three for 61 in a tug. KJ Hill, three for 39. Mikey Williams only got two for 22. And I got Allen in my semifinals. One for 17 in fantasy. Not ideal there. Hunter Henry eight, but you get the point. Not an unbelievable cast of characters last night. Not the best defense, but this guy's a rookie. He's a rookie. So normally it's how do we get our money back, but how do we double up on a Friday? We've previewed the SEC championship. I like Florida with the points. I cannot swallow 17 points. I know what Bama does in the first quarter. My pick on record is Florida with the points. Buy the half point or buy a hole to get you to 17 and a half. My pick for Notre Dame and Clemson, I love the Ian Book confidence. They beat this team. You're giving me 10 points, 10 and a half? Fighting Irish plus 10 and a half. This is championship weekend. I'm well aware that Clemson may very well win it all. I'm very well maybe Clemson versus Alabama. I'll take the points tomorrow. You think I'll be in this chipper of a mood going out of that other end? Probably not. We will get the luxury, which is interesting scheduling by the football community. Give us two Saturday NFL games. We have the Bills headed to Mile High in Denver. Drew Locke coming off the best game of his career. And we have the Panthers headed to Lambeau. So a double dip, you Costanza chip on a Saturday. And we also have championship football, which is body clock wise. I'm about to go into Pac-12 here and give you a pick. USC hosting Oregon, who's only in this because of Washington due to COVID, that being the Huskies. I don't know what to believe. 
It's Shuck for Slovis. Say that five times fast. Oregon's lost two straight. They got no business in this game. Now look, the value at the moment, it's a three-point spread in this Pac-12 championship, which is so bizarre because they've played five games. And USC has won three of these five games in comeback fashion. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you've been watching USC football and you are a USC fan, what this team has done has actually been rather remarkable. Trojans coming off a 43-38 theory dramatic win to the Bruins. If you watched it and you had the live, you were jumping for Tom Cruise on the couch, but not 2020 Tom Cruise on the couch. Joy. That guy's in a freaking doghouse, among others. Goodness gracious. So this Trojans team, so they have three of their five wins. They've been down under two minutes and one. They haven't lost this year. They're 5-0. and Only three teams ever in the Pac-12 since 2000 have had three-plus wins trailing in the last two minutes. Washington State did it once. UCLA did it once. There's only been five games. That's a statistic based off a normal Pac-12 season. On another note, Slovis, as remarkable as this lad has been, he's only the second USC player in the last 25 seasons to throw for five tugs or more in back-to-back games. Darnold's the other dude in 2016. Again, five games is your sample size. Slovis did this. Slovis, 15 tugs, four picks, throwing to Brown. I'd say first-round wide receiver. He's got over 400 yards receiving for the Trojans. Oregon, on the other hand, has come off two straight losses. They lost to Cal. Not a very good program this year. I mean, they're okay. Listen to their point differential from week one to week five this past week. Plus 21 is how they started. Then they jumped down to plus 14, then plus three, and then their two losses, minus three and minus four. Very interesting drop-off. Now, I like Tyler Shuck. He's actually averaging the second most yards per attempt in the first half at 11.09. Only behind Mac Jones, so they really trust him to come out and sling it. But he drops to 24th in that same category at 8.19 in the second half. So when it comes to a closer game, do they really trust him? Or do they go back to the run game? Where USC, they haven't been phenomenal, but they haven't been abysmal, defensively speaking. So USC owns the Pac-12. But Oregon's the only team since 2000 that has a winning record against them. Eight and six. The Ducks have won five of the last seven. And we know this is a beer pong rebuttal game for USC. Oregon won 56-24. It was a 56-24 Herbert basketball routing last year. That was the largest victory. The Ducks have had over USC since the team's first meeting in 1915. I don't like that the Ducks are replacing Washington. They don't deserve to be here. They haven't had this great of a season. They've dropped two straight. Who gets into a championship game after losing two straight games? USC coming off three of the last five. I got to take USC off emotion here. Despite the fact that the value on Vegas Insider is jumping out with 60% on the money line for USC and only 37% on Oregon plus three, jumping over to the spread, the value seems to be Oregon plus three. I got to go USC here. I'm thinking USC. I'd go money line. I wouldn't touch this little three. I don't like that the public's on the, the spread with USC, but I do like Slovis to lead them. Slovis to Brown all day. I think 
this has been an actually signature coaching year for Clay Helton and the Trojans, and I think they find a way. They find a way tomorrow to edge this out. So my three big picks before we go on to Saturday NFL here for the championships, I'm gonna go one favorite and two dogs with points. Watch me go zero and three. Florida with the points plus seventeen by and a half plus seventeen and a half. We'll call it against the Crimson Tide in Georgia, neutral territory. I'm going Notre Dame plus 10.5 against Clemson. Feel very good about that. And I'm taking USC Moneyline over the Ducks at the Coliseum. Fly, fly, players. We got the Buffalo Billies heading tomorrow to Mile High, where I can't believe when I tell you this statistic. The Broncos this year, we know they are not a very good squad. Dick Fangio ain't the guy. But we'll see how long he hangs in there. This is an interesting, interesting home field advantage fluke season that the Broncos are having. They're 2-4 and four this year with two home games left, okay? They've only finished under 500 once at home in the last eight seasons. Last time was 3-5 in 2018. And then prior to that haven't recorded less than three home wins in a full season since 1972 when they were 2-4-1. So let me run that back for you. They're two games under 500 at home with two games at home left and only one other time minus last year since 72 have they gone less than three home wins? And we're getting plus six Denver at home with Locke coming off absolutely the best career win and signature win of his career. Big sharp money on Denver plus four last week in Carolina, and I was wrong on that one. Interesting Carolina's the other Saturday game here for you guys. But Locke is coming off 280 yards and four tugs, no picks, baby. No one's done that kind of a stat since Trevor Simeon, September 25th, 2016. We're talking four tugs, no picks kind of clean sheet. So real quick right now, 65% of the money is on the spread at Bills minus six. We love that because you already can tell I'm leaning Denver plus six here. 81 and 82% are on the over and the money line collectively. The over right now is set at 49.5. The money line is Denver plus 225 to Buffalo minus 278. Okay. So the Bills have won four of their last five against the Broncos, but they've only won one of those at mile high. They've actually lost five of the last six at Denver. Go catch some dumb and dumber Aspen crispy powder before you check yourself. Maybe Buffalo. These numbers don't look good. Now, kudos to Buffalo. It's a consecutive 10-plus win season for the first time since I was 8 years old. We'll leave you and spare you the year, but it was in the 90s, okay? If they win, if they win, they will equal the best record they've had since their last Super Bowl appearance, which was in 1993. The win tomorrow also means they clinch the AFC East. They've only won one of those since 1995. This is wild. For people that are millennials like myself, the Bills have won the division seven times. Six of the seven 
We're between 1988 and 1995. That's a lot of suffering. That's some San Diego Chargers suffering right there. That's some Cleveland Browns suffering. We feel you, baby. We feel you, Bills Mafia. You diehards. I give it to you. Picture your Broncos plus six. Feel very good about it. Bills are the better team. It's a different animal up there in Mile High. Went there for a bachelor party. Came back a different man. Because of the air, not because of the times. I feel like the air quality, although Josh Allen is somewhat of a, he's like the guy from The Incredibles. He just, you know, you can't, you can't knock this dude over if you tried your hardest. But it's a pesky Broncos defense. I think they have a lot of pride going into tomorrow's game. It's a very rich history between John Elway and Jim Kelly. Look into it. And the Bills and the Broncos. Really enjoy the 90s Bills-Broncos matchups if you want to go back. A lot of history. But I'll take the plus six. We will go on the opposite side of the public. And let's wrap up with today's third game. And that is... The Panthers heading to Lambeau. I'm going to reiterate what Vegas Insider has told me is the best bet, and it looks pretty right. The over-under is set at 51.5. Panthers at the Packers. And the value here screams under. Listen to this. So Packers regular season home games in December since 2017. Three and six in favor of the under. But interestingly enough, the average points per game collectively for both teams in December since 2017 is a mere 38.33 points a game. You're getting 13 more points for the over-under. Again, people will say whole different squads, whole different intangibles, yada, yada. Well, we got a nine-game sample size here. Only one of those nine, mind you, had more than 46 points scored. That was a 34-20 Green Bay over Atlanta in 2018. We remember it. So right now, 67% on Vegas Insiders on the over. There we go. 33% on the under. I've never seen this. 99% are on the money line right now for the Packers to win. That just, that's hilarious. That's any given Sunday. Pacino style. 99 to 1. How the books are going to make out if the Panthers win. The under seems very appetizing after you look at that history of Lambeau December football. Now, doesn't help that the Packers put up 31 against the Lions. They put up 32 weeks ago against the Eagles. They put up freaking 41 against the Bears. I got a sneaking suspicion that the Panthers D, if anyone were to step up tomorrow, it could be the Panthers D. And they're coming off a game, really, everyone thought they were going to win off of a bye. And it was very disappointing. 32-27. Now, the scary thing about the under, so I'm really leaning on the analytics of December Lambeau football because Carolina seems to score a lot late in games. And that's when the over-unders hit. I mean, you look at last night, we were very fortunate to hit the over of 52. I mean, Michael hits either of those two field goals and the under hits at 51, by the way. That's how good Vegas is. One point more and 
public was on the over five and one. The Raiders have hit on the over most would, and it improves to six and one thanks to Chargers can't close special teams. So back to the present. So 32-27 was the score last week. Not great. I'm hoping for a Detroit Panthers kind of game, 20 to nothing kind of game a few weeks ago that the Panthers had. So the Panthers are capable of playing defense. They're absolutely capable of playing defense. But Aaron Rodgers, they want that one seed. Three regular season games to go. They're 10-3. and three. They got the opportunity to not leave Lambeau that special. So he may come out and go absolutely balls to the walls and the over goes ballistic. I would say the value is in the probably two-team tees at a six-and-a-half point, giving you, if you want to go Billy to win, because the spread at the moment is at eight, you can take the Packers all the way down to about one-and-a-half. And you can either take the Broncos all the way up to about 12 and a half, 13, which I like a lot more, or you can fade it all the way down and take the Bills to win. I'm going to go Panthers to cover, and I'm going to tell you the best bet of that game, if you had to touch it, would probably be with the Vegas Insider Analytics and hope that the Fade the Public works. And on that note, eight points is a lot. I don't think this Carolina team is an abysmal, abysmal squad. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has completed 70.7% of his passes this year, baby. That's second best in the NFL behind Drew Brees. He's on pace to break the Panthers franchise record for completion percentage. Green Bay, Mazel, NFC North, seven of the last 10 years. My goodness. Somebody give Devonta Adams a State Farm commercial. The guy's unstoppable. All right. So those are my picks. I'm absolutely going San Diego State today on some sort of parlay. It was something. Borussia Dortmund should take care of business in the Bundesliga on the road, but they always make it dramatic. We're going to really settle in on a Friday into a big football weekend. We will be giving you a weekend podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's one week till Christmas, baby. Those are the picks. Give me USC money line tomorrow. I'll take the freaking fighting Irish with the points. I'll take the Gators with the points. We will go Broncos plus six. We will go under 51.5 Packers. Oh my gosh, if I go Ofer, I am going to have such a different Ethos Bathos logos next episode. All right. Happy Friday. I'm out.